Welcome to a new episode of It Be Your Own People, a new podcast about what's going on in pop culture and being a POC in today's social environment, because sometimes it be your own people. Maybe it's your brother, sister, or a friend. Karen at the job or Karen next door, a leader of the movement you thought you could trust. Most of the time, it's somebody you already know. Beware the wolves, y'all. And now more than ever, people are showing you who they really are, and you need to know who you can trust. All right. Hey, everybody. We are back at it for our very first episode of season two. How are you doing, girl, Sally? Let's get started with our cocktail of the day. What you having? I'm keeping it a little bit light because during our break, your girl did a little bit too much. So, too much? Yeah, you know, it was it was a lot. Like my body's just you got to slow it down, girl. The the hangovers hit different at 32 than they did at 22. Not going to lie. So all I have for today is a nice uh, little seltzer with a lime twist and, you know, a little bit of tequila because I, I am who I am still at the end of the day. Okay, I feel you on that. I am having a mezcal Paloma. So we in the tequila mezcal realm. But yes, let's get started with all the drinks you done had. You know, we went on a girl's trip. How was your time? Because I had a good old time. I went to the Grand Canyon and then met up with all the girls at Sacramento. I found the best Airbnb. Did you love that pool, girl? First of all, when I walked in, I thought that I was starring in my own episode of Real Housewives of the LaGuardia High School team because that pool, that house, the bathrooms in that house were on and popping. That was so good. It was honestly the best we could have done. But I think my favorite uh, part of the whole trip, other than the bomb ass dinner that we made for everybody, because we could open up our own restaurant if we wanted to. That's right. We did that. We made our the dinner spectacular. It was better than uh, most of the restaurants we went to, but it was still good. Yes. Uh, was the tasting menu that we went to that one place. I already forgot the name. We'll have to come back to you on the name, but it was really good. And we made some new friends, too. We were out at this fancy chateau winery estate in the Napa Valley. And we made friends with a really cool person out there who owns her own gym. So we were able to actually get our own group workout in. And that was fun. Yes, it was a nice little personalized workout for us. For the glutes and the guts. Yes, shout out to Jenny. I was sore for days. It was such a great time off. But more importantly, we are happy to get back into it because there's been a lot of mess that we need to discuss. A lot of mess. And speaking of mess, let's get it started on and popping with one of our favorite sections of the show, our game. And it really doesn't get any messier than what we have for y'all. Yes. So from the handle insta.single, I mean, hint, hint, you know where this is going. Let's talk about stalker or endearing dating experiences. Sally, sum up what this post that they put, uh, it's called met you at the club. What did this dude do? So this guy is talking about how he met some person at the club. They hit it off clearly. Well, he thought they hit it off. She clearly gave him a number that was not the right number. So instead of taking the L as any normal fucking human being would have done, this man goes and does like an in-depth Google search on her, finds her number, 
and then texts her and confronts her a about the fact that she gave him a wrong number, but then tries to play it off like, oh, not trying to make you uncomfortable. I promise this isn't creepy, but I found you on LinkedIn. And then through LinkedIn, I was able to get your number. And I just think that we had a really special connection because you don't strike to be the type of person to purposely give me the wrong number. I'm just like, what? No, 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 no. From LinkedIn, he found the job that she worked at and then through yes. there went through other profiles to get her email. And then he emailed her this and still said, so, hey, let's get dinner or drinks or maybe I might bump into you at the club again. Dude. You're doing too much. She gave you the wrong number for a reason. And you know what? I know that some men might be mad when someone gives you the wrong number instead of just saying no. Trust and believe. It's a lot easier to give you a fake number than to just go on and be like, you know what? I'd rather not. I mean, for me, I'm like, I'm gonna make my life easy. Here's this number. And then I'll block you right away. But do I have to go in the back and forth? And then, you know, sometimes these guys get salty. Then they want to call you out your name and say, oh, you're not that hot. They, they will go into the whole thing. No, I'm going to give you this number and block it. Right. So leave it at that. Being a single woman out here in these streets, it is not safe. Clearly, like based on what this one person did alone. And then in the email that he sent to this young lady, he has to preface it by saying, oh, don't worry. Um, no Joe from you stuff going on here. Uh, sir, first of all, you just done outed yourself that you watch you. And since me and Tree are both toxic ass people, we already know all the premises of that show. So clearly you are a toxic person as well. The fact that you have to sit here and say no Joe from you means that that actually is you and if you have to say that you ain't it's because you are yes so for y'all that don't know netflix has an insanely popular show called you that has had two seasons about a guy who's just like a crazy creepy ass stalker and it it goes down a, a weird rabbit hole and this guy prefaced that so that means you are exactly that sir but on the flip side i will tell you of somebody going a bit above and beyond that was like oh you know what that was endearing So this guy I'm talking to, we went on one day. It was great. We were obviously, you know, going to see each other again. And you know, that weird time between like Valentine's Day comes around, but you haven't been talking to this person long enough. So I'm at work. And then all of a sudden these flowers like are delivered to me. I had to go downstairs and pick it up. And everybody's like, oh, who's it come from? And I'm like, oh, I was really shocked and surprised, but it came from this guy. So I mentioned to him where I worked and he went did a whole search and found out like exactly where the location was and sent me some flowers for Valentine's Day. See, I think that that was an extra search that ended up being really nice and endearing. But this search endearing because you told him where you worked. He didn't have to go through 17,000 other profiles out here in these streets to find out where you worked after you gave him a fake number. Yeah, you're right about that. So I thought that it was nice that he used that clue. First of all, number one, he was listening. Number two, he wanted to make the day special, right? Check, check, and check, check, he check. found that, you know, address through listening. Like, that's different. But Sally, do you have any experiences of like a creepy stalker or, oh, research and endearing? What do you have? Girl, we don't have the kind of time in this one, in this show to be able to go through that. But I actually do have a similar situation to this creepy stalker person. Um, So I am on the dating apps because I no one at work, no one at the gym. I do not like to mix and mingle. I'm not mixy like that. 
So I'm on these dating apps. I matched with this guy. I'm not getting very great vibes. So I said, I just unmatched. And we hadn't also spoken for about a day or two. I didn't feel like I owed him an explanation for why I was unmatching. I you don't. Like you're giving me bad vibes and we haven't talked. So I'm not going to use up. I'm not going to let you use up space on my phone when, you know, that could be used for someone else's lap. One day I get this creepy ass message on WhatsApp and he goes, oh, this is so-and-so we matched on Bumble, but then I noticed that we were no longer matched. So I, I figured that, you know, I would just look you up and get your number. And I'm like, what the hell? So in my mind, I was not thinking about how a Selinette in Brooklyn, New York City metropolitan area, not as uh, unique as it would be in a less urban, more rural area where I now am. And this person, apparently all they had to do was type in my name, college professor, and the area that I'm in. And it popped up. They got my CV. My CV at the time had my cell phone number on it because I've never had an office line, which thanks academia. And in order for people to get a hold of me, they would need my cell phone. So this person starts texting me and I'm just like, this is very odd that you would go through these lengths. Um, clearly we unmatched for a reason. And I was correct in my original assumption that you are creepy. I had to have my boss take down my CV and everything. Cause I was just like, I can't go through this. I deleted the apps for a while, but yeah, I can totally relate to this whole creepy thing. So when he's like, Oh, I promise I'm not creepy. Yeah, girl, you are. Ooh, that's a story for the ages. Well, sometimes, girl, you're just that good. But you know what? When you're unblocked, you're unblocked for a reason. Bye-boo. And that's that on that. Ooh, child, that was a really good game to get us started on this new season. But now we must pivot to... What the fuck news? And there is a lot we need to cover because a lot of dumb what the f things definitely have in this time that we were away starting with this fake ad that i'm hoping is fake by durex tree let the people know what is going on out in these streets i mean as if we didn't already have enough to deal with in the world this is definitely not what we need Apparently, we want to know if this is real. There are reversible and reusable Durex condoms coming out. Oh, hell no. That's just a whole lot of nasty. But there was a picture of a reversible condom from the Durex brand that caused a crazy outroar on social media, as it should. But really, according to the packaging, it appears that the whole point is to use both sides of the condom. Um, Already gross, nasty. No, ma'am. We highly doubt that this is real, but I wouldn't be surprised if some fool up in Durex over there decided like, hey, this could be something. But really, if it was a thing, why would you want to use it? No, ew. Right. Like, this just sounds all the way disgusting nasty trashity trash trash basura and i'm just over here like people please do not try this shit at home do not try this reversible shit the whole point is to protect yourselves and if you're using both sides of it you ain't protecting nobody and we all know like it's this is just not smart and i really hope it's not real durex hasn't put out a statement 
I haven't seen anything out there in reputable sources. So I'm hoping this was just some fool bored as hell trying to break the internet. And I'm going to jump on that bandwagon. Don't use it at home. Don't use it in the club. Don't use it out in your little, you know, sexcapades. No, people are already nasty out here. Men, women, if you don't see him, open up the condom, put it on himself. Don't use it. Imagine these little nasties out here trying to reuse it with different people. Oh, no, let me not even put that out there into the hemisphere. Just, just don't. All of this, no. Let's move on to the whole Jeopardy debacle as they're finding a new host. And, and then what? So after all of these weeks of having all of these rotating hosts, uh, you know, big up to LeVar Burton. That was our fave. That was who we were rooting for. Unfortunately, Jeopardy decided to go a little bit more on the... Um, you know, the, the fairer side, and they decided instead of doing one host to have two co-hosts, the first being Mayim Bialik, who we all know and love from Blossom, you know, us 90s kids, but y'all newer generation know her as Amy from Big Bang Theory, and Mike Richards, who's some white man, who was the executive producer of the show and The Price is Right, and all of these other things. So Blossom, a.k.a. Amy, you know, she's actually a, a physicist out here doing the things. But Mike Richards, who was an executive producer on the show before, he was announced as a new co-host. And he literally was on there for one day, girl. He was one and done. Like a one-hit wonder. No, he had the show for one day. But then after all of the uproar from his previous revelations and his offensive sexist comments that he's made on a podcast called the random show several years ago um among his comments he joked about women who dress like a hooker on halloween called his female co-host a booth slut oh no because she once worked as a model at a consumer show in Las Vegas. He's also done a lot more and talked about women. What else he done did? He's talked about women who wear the one-piece suits, like the monokini, as looking really frumpy and overweight. Because, okay, excuse if I got a me if I ain't trying to show all the goods all the time. Swimsuits. One-piece swimsuits are normal, sir. What are you talking about? And also, um, they make some really cute one-piece swimsuits. So don't even go there. And then he also had a lot of stereotype bullshit to say about Jewish people talking about Jewish people in their large noses. And girl, he even has some dumb shit to say about Haiti. Don't don't even go there. But the thing was, I want y'all to know that Mike Richards was actually the main host. Mayim Bialik was supposed to step in to do mm -hmm. specials and more smaller bits. So that's where the real uproar came over, where there was like, why would you pick this man out of all the other great contestants you've had to host the show after Alex passed away? And also LeVar Burton, not for nothing, but he hosted the very last week before Jeopardy went into its summer hiatus. And he only hosted for one week, whereas all the other hosts had two and the week that LeVar Burton was hosting, that was also the beginning of the Olympic Summer Games. We got to we got to do better, people. We got to do better. We see what y'all was trying to do and we don't like it. But you know what? We're still trying to see who they're going to replace him with. And now hopefully the people who are putting together the new host for Jeopardy will really think about who the people want to see and really do some fact checking and some background check, too. That exactly. That's the part that blows me because I go, this person was working as your executive producer for how long before you decided to make him your your main host of Jeopardy to replace 
Alex Trebek and you gonna replace his legacy with this trash? Mm-mm. And if he had such a high executive position, we never know if he had any say in who can be on the show and who can't be on the show. Mm-hmm. But you see with his comments that may have geared towards a certain type of people being on the show. We, we never know. But the thing is, I'm glad that social media did their job, put their voices out there. And, you know, he no longer has this job. He may have uh, several others, but he no longer has this job. We're going to move on to some other hateful shit going on. What's going down, Sally? So California is just out here doing some California ass shit. Some high school students at Selena's high school created an Instagram account called Shaniqua.shs where you can see on the Instagram account, they have this black doll that they have named Shaniqua. So already off top, that's a fucking problem. We already know none of this is good shit. But apparently on the Instagram post, they were using it as a way to post some disturbing videos and photos of them beating on the doll, stomping on the doll, spitting on the doll, while also saying a whole bunch of racist shit. Like, who is raising y'all? Who? I know not, but you know what? An investigation is underway and the school's officials have yet to make any further statements on the incident. But this is just one of the many ways that like social media gives so many people a voice. It gives you a voice to if you're a celebrity, do good or you can also do bad. But it gives every regular degular schmegular schmo out there a voice to speak hatred. And you don't know if they're real. You know, this is just somebody behind their keyboard, behind their phone, talking a bunch of mess and they're real rude, racist feelings. Hot mess. But you know what's crazy to me is that Instagram and Facebook and all the social media is supposed to have these community guideline filters, right? Where if you post something that's deemed hateful or disrespectful or goes against the community guidelines, they'll take that shit down. Why is it that we see so much blatantly racist, hateful stuff that goes up on these forums and then stays up there? But if I were to put up a post calling out, let's say, the government for doing shit that they're not supposed to be doing or trying to call out somebody else, my account is the one that gets flagged for calling out the bad shit, not the actual bad shit that's going on. Because they only really care about like, oh, are you talking about the president? Are you, you know, pro this or pro that? But. Anything else is deemed like, oh, let's see if it goes viral or let's cause an uproar. So that shit goes under the radar. Do you know what I mean? And it sucks, but that's literally the way it is. Because look at all this viral shit that we got going on. Let's jump right into this dumbass milk crate challenge, Shelly. Come on. Out of all the things to do, really? Why? Okay, so we have spent almost basically the last two years in the peppercorn out here just like not even living our best lives because we can't even leave the house. All this- but, 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 but a lot has opened up since then. Like, let's okay, be yes. real. People, people are doing things this year, but why Milk Crick Challenge? Like, people is just bored. Clearly, this is boredom meets stupidity meets I have been on unemployment way too long. I need some shit to do. Because now we have people out here doing this thing called the crate challenge, which is where you take milk crates, you know, the plastic shits that you'd be seeing in front of the, the poppy bodega stores, and then putting them up to look like a pyramid, like stair-like, and then you're supposed to climb up to the top and then climb down. The videos of this shit, the hospitals is too full with people getting COVID. Nurses don't have time for your bullshit out here. 
No, but I've seen some really bad ones. I mean, there are people, it's just not meant to hold up weight. So it don't even matter how big you are, how small you are. If you got some wobble, if you ain't got the Megan, you know, mm, the style you need, some titanium knees, your wobbly off balance ass is going down and you don't know how you're going to fall. There are some people doing that shit on concrete, even if you're doing it on grass. I've seen people break their back. This one Girl. dude broke his forearm. The, the bone was straight sticking out. And I'm like, hold up. It happened so fast. This man couldn't even scream. Like, I was in pain for him. Breaking their necks. Are you insane? For some dumbass challenge, you're not getting money from this. You know that, right? But the worst part was I saw a video of a police officer doing it. Girl, he had his whole holster on. Badge, gun, everything. Now, imagine if that gun done went off. And he did fall off them crates. He did not make it down. And uh, I mean, he made it down, but he didn't make it down walking. He took he took a huge tumble. And I'm just sitting there like, well, I guess I can understand how you thought that you were doing some aspect of community policing. This ain't it. Because it's like you said, had that gun like gone off, it would have been a tragedy. I mean, this whole thing is just tragic, but I just. But not for nothing, I, I will say I did see this young black female in some high, like, four or five that. heels, and she did the thing. You she know why? Because she got, she got that tight core, and she had the Megan knees. So I will say, like, yes, old girl did it, but we got to stop with these dumbass viral challenges. Going off from this milk crate challenge, you saw that challenge where, oh, go and pretend that you want a scholarship and make your mother or your grandmother look stupid or your grandfather, like... They were playing their parents and grandparents out here. It was real bad. Did you see I that? I did see that. Yeah. That was stupid. I didn't like that. What's I didn't like that either. Because you're disrespecting your granny. You're disrespecting your mama. And I know that if that were me, first of all, my mom would never let me record her to put that shit on social media. She told me to get the F out of here with that ish. Second of all, she would definitely beat my ass into the next decade. Like, I will wake up and I'll be 42. Like, No. Third of all, she gave you life and she will take it away. But I also saw people doing it like just with their parents in general. This one, one, this one young girl did it with her dad. He was like, like the, I'm so surprised that they let them finish. Do you know what I mean? Because the dad looked at her like, what? Bitch, I ain't never been to jail. Right. I have not sold no drugs. And I'm just like, why do you think that this is funny to embarrass the people that have your back? Because they could have easily been like, I don't want a kid. Get uh, Figure it out for yourself. Like, you're 12 years old. Go figure out life. Like, like what it's if not they even that? that. They're also out here perpetuating stereotypes that these white people keep talking about us all the damn time. Oh, you're right. Did you see any Caucasian people do this challenge? I no. And it was all for like, you're doing all this for a non-real fifty thousand dollars maybe at best it wasn't even so you could get a couple likes there's too much going on in the world so we're gonna shift to this whole apocalypse that unripped through the whole caribbean louisiana and the east coast tell us about that girl so unfortunately this shit is just all the way crazy on the anniversary of katrina here come ida blowing through all the motherfucking u.s leaving hundreds of thousands of homes and businesses in louisiana and mississippi without power so 
It first ripped through the South. It caused catastrophic storm surges, extreme winds, and flash flooding across sections of Southern Louisiana. When the storm initially first touched down, more than 900,000 people were left without electricity and power. Like, can you imagine that? Just be out. I mean, I can because I'm from Dominican Republic and we very normally do not get power. But people here don't know about that shit. No, but I will say that before Ida turned into what it was for the U.S., there was a huge, devastating earthquake in Haiti. It was mm-hmm. almost eight point, right? Eight point something. Yeah, and yeah. it left nearly like 2000 people dead. I mean, they're still dealing with the aftermath of that. And so the after effects of that earthquake then turned into this crazy superstorm Ida that just happened to touch down on the anniversary of Katrina but it just sucks because they know that this has happened before and you need to be as prepared as possible they gave us fair warning so for this many people to still be out of power and it's looking not too good out there I must say yeah and they're saying that the power outages are so bad so now that they have the backup generators running But the concern now is that the generators are not going to be enough to be able to keep powering the city's pumping system and therefore not be able to actually drain all of that water and all of that flood damage from the streets. And my and my thing is just like y'all need to do better in terms of funding what actually needs to get funded, like environmental resources that are actually going to keep your infrastructure in place, because as you mentioned, this is not brand new. Y'all been dealing with this shit for a long ass time. And where where are we headed? We Climate change is real. So we need to wake up, smell the coffee, and do the things that we need to do to protect the people. Yes, climate change is real. So before Ida touched down in Louisiana, California has been burning with these massive wildfires. For- not burning months now child i mean it's a whole hot mess even when we took our little mm-mm, our little girls vacay we were actually nearby the fire but we were you know we were okay and we were safe but it had been burning for weeks at that point yeah and it had left the sky looking really hazy so i can only imagine what it must be like for the people living in those immediate vicinities and not knowing whether or not is today the day that I have to evacuate or is today the day that my roof going to burn the F down. Yes, the people that live near Lake Tahoe live uh, around it are basically saying that the air quality is so bad they can't stay outside for that long. Like if they have to walk their dog, they probably shouldn't basically, which is terrible. Yeah. And then we're going to switch right over to after Ida touched down in Louisiana, it slowed down, but it still did a hell of a lot of damage in the tri-state area over in the mm, East Coast. It came to New York. It came to Jersey. It came to Connecticut, Pennsylvania, and it ripped through like we have never seen before. The videos we saw on social media and the news, child, we were just in a whole flood. The whole states, all the states were flooding. I mean, so... We already saw it left more than 150,000 homes without power. Flooding actually ended up, the flooding was so bad that at least 43 people have died that we know of so far. And the real sad part about that is that the majority of those people who passed was from flooding in basement apartments, which for those of you from the New York City area know that's a real cost-effective way for you to live in New York. I mean, it's still fucking expensive, but this shit is not okay. Like, 
all you have all of these people who, again, from limited resources, find themselves in areas that are not adequately equipped to keep them safe. And then they go ahead and die because we don't have the systems in place to be able to do the things that we need to do for emergency management. We also saw a lot of people drowning in their cars because their cars could not make it through the massive floods that were on highway or lower roads. Like you just, we've never seen anything like this before. They reported on the news that this was a one in 500 year lifetime event, basically what happened. But I will say that one in 500 chance storm or not, a New Yorker is a resilient ass person out here. Yes, and throughout all this mess, tell me you're a Dominican living in Washington Heights without telling me you're Dominican living in Washington Heights. Girl, this viral video done swept through the nation, all the social media platforms, Instagram, all that of this man on his floaty. So we just told you the streets were flooded like you could swim in the streets of New York. So this very innovative individual, which based on the video, I can only assume was one of mine. And based on the location of where the video was shot, I'm only assuming it's Washington Heights or somewhere near the Bronx. This man was on a floaty smoking a damn hookah. Legit in an alleyway, the alleyway is flooded. I don't know how many feet of water, but he is in a floaty that belongs in a pool or in the ocean or the lake, whatever, with his hookah, smoking the hookah. And you see crazy amounts of rain coming down. So I don't know how that hookah was still lit, but you know what? He was smoking and he is laying in this dirty ass flooded water of the New York streets. Like we saw so many dirty flooded water videos. We saw rats swimming, just taking a nice old nasty swim. People literally with their pants, dresses rolled up, walking feet deep in this water in New York City, in the train station, in the streets. It was crazy. But this man out here floating in that nasty ass, dirty ass, disgusting hepatitis A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, and I ass water with his hookah having a good old time. But I mean, I guess, you know, lemons, lemonade. Now it's time for a special little segment we like to call What the Fuck Texas? Because you know what? Texas has been fucking up so much. They are actually the new Florida. So first thing we want to get into is Ted Cruz had the audacity to tell those who recently lost unemployment to get a damn job. What? Ted Cruz, we done dragged you last season because of the shit that you pulled to your constituents. And the people of Texas, this is your time for you to realize you need to get out and vote because it'd be your own damn senator trying to make you feel like shit for having to go on unemployment during a whole pandemic that you had no idea was even going to happen. And then to have the unemployment benefits pulled out right from under you on Labor Day, no less. So we're out here celebrating the labor of all the people that done out here been working, right? And then the federal government said, hey, girl, so we taken away these unemployment benefits. Uh, we know that this is going to affect about seven and a half million of y'all. And two million of y'all are not going to be getting that $300 supplemental check either. So people clearly, you know, they're worried. They don't have any jobs. So they're like, okay, what am I going to do now? And his sadiddy little ass talking about just get a job. Okay, how about I get yours? 
because you ain't doing a good one. Yeah, Ted Cruz has just continuously been off. I, I don't even understand why he felt like this was okay. Especially when Texas froze over, was it earlier this year? And he was the first one out. Mm-hmm. Out to a warm ass place to go vacation with his family. You can't even do your job and you have the nerve to tell people to get one when they need help in a natural disaster. Get out of here. But we moving on to this ridiculous ass abortion bill where Governor Greg Abbott signed into law a measure that would prohibit abortions as early as six weeks. This is before some women even know they're pregnant. Like, come on, man. So this is the crazy thing about this bill. When I first read it, I did not read the specifics of the language of the bill. And I assumed that it was six weeks after you missed your cycle, which even that is still pretty short. But apparently this is six weeks of the gestational age, which begins at the first day of your last cycle. And for those of you who are not aware about women's bodies, meaning the men who make these laws and then think that it's fucking okay, that what that actually means is that in reality, you only have about two weeks from when you miss your next cycle to then get the abortion. I'm sorry, two weeks is not a long time at all. There's plenty of reasons outside of pregnancy for why women's cycles fluctuate, can be late. Uh, Women who are active, your stuff is always all up and down. You don't know stress, eating, work schedules. We just went through a whole, like everyone went through a whole bunch of mental health shit because of the pandemic. And now you're out here saying, oh, well, guess what? We're not out here about to tell you to get vaccinated, but we are out here to tell you when you can and cannot have a baby, even if you can't afford to have one. So obviously this brings up major issues for women that have been pregnant as a result of rape or incest. And with someone who just realizes, you know what, maybe they're not ready to be a mother or start a family, but I'm just so sick and tired of these older white men in politics and the law and government trying to tell women what to do with their bodies. Listen, if the women didn't have a child on their own, So figure out what works for themselves. This is ridiculous. And on top of that, they are giving out basically prize money for anyone who will help those who are trying to get an abortion. If they figure out that you are helping someone, they want you to rat them in and you can get up to $10,000. This is a whole hot ass mess. Yeah, so they can sue the Uber driver that drove you to the facility to get it done. They can sue the friend who told you about where you could look it up. Girl, they about to start suing Apple for providing the computers for you to look that shit up. I wouldn't be surprised if they tried that. But this shit is just like, It is the true irony here is that the same people passing this legislation because they are so pro-life are the same people who are not going to give a fuck about you when you go on unemployment, Ted Cruz, are the same people who are out here not caring about homeless people, who don't care about the free lunches for the kids in the schools, who don't care about funding an equitable public education for all. The list goes on and on. So you can't sit here and tell me that you're pro-life when really you're just pro trying to tell women what the fuck they can and cannot do. But guess what? They're the ones, um, you know, giving these women the babies. But that's a whole nother thing. We're going to move on to these crappy ass voting laws because Texas is just being more Texas. 
honestly, as far as I'm concerned, Texas and Florida can go because it's and Greg Abbott can be the first one on the boat right on out of here because he's really trying it, uh, trying to pass all of these laws. So the reason why he's able to do this is because he is an elected official and in his capacity as an elected official, he's now trying to make it even harder for the people who are most directly and negatively impacted by these bills and laws to not be able to fucking vote. So this new voting law, SB1, is this new legislation that tightens state election laws and constrains local control of elections by limiting a county's ability to expand voting options. So what does this mean? While, yes, some parts of the bill expand access in certain areas, meaning increasing early voting hours in smaller, mostly Republican counties, it also otherwise restricts how and when voters can cast ballots. It specifically targets voting initiatives used by diverse Democratic counties, such as Harris County, which also uh, played a huge part in this presidential election. The Democrats came out in droves and Texas was not having it. It will also mess up a lot of voting by mail rules where they have the option that is already significantly limited. I mean, the list goes on and on. But here's the crazy part, y'all. We not done. Texas said, I don't give a fuck. It's 2021. If the world going to end, I'm going to do it how I want. They are having even more crazy ass gun laws. So Texas said you can now carry a handheld gun in public without a permit or a background check. And you don't need training either. Mm. What? So (laughs) they said, they said, y'all motherfuckers better get a job. We're going to tell you women what you can and cannot do with your bodies. We're going to keep all of the Democrats from being able to vote. And then what? And then we're going to arm all these crazy ass people with these guns, not require a license, not require background checks. And also, you ain't got no training. You ain't got no problems. This is Oprah out here. You get a gun and you get a gun. Everybody gets a gun. Obviously, cops have said this makes it a lot harder to do their job. True, but you should have been doing your job in the first place. And this comes after several mass shootings in Texas, including the one in an El Paso Walmart, which was a racially motivated gunman who killed 23 people earlier this year. So this legislation, along with everything else, is really just making me shake my damn head at like, what is going on, Texas? There are a lot of people there who are normal and want to live their normal ass Texan life. But you're making it hard for them to claim it. Like, it's a lot of shit going on in this one state right here. I mean, and me personally, I am of the belief that you should be at least at least 25 to be able to carry a handgun because there is a lot of emotional and mental responsibility that comes with that. And I'm sorry, I just don't think a 21 year old has that. Uh, second, shit, what age you are? No, I, I don't give a damn about the age. Like, you oh no, absolutely. Like, you, check, check, you need a permit. You need to know what the fuck you're doing. I don't care what the age is. I feel like there's so many other issues here. You just get anybody can have a gun out in the public and you don't need to have a license for it either. It's a lot of crazy. And the shit is, too, that they're saying, well, unless you have a violent conviction or were previously banned from carrying a gun. I go, but how the fuck are you going to tell that? Because a background check is no longer required. 
So you ain't running a background check. How are you going to know whether or not I have a violent past or a violent criminal record or I was previously banned from having a gun? You wouldn't. And they're not going to do that shit because by doing the background check, that's going to limit the sales, which is basically what this is about. More guns, more money, more problems. Yeah. So we'll keep you updated on what crazy ass Texas is doing. And now for that segment, B.A.N. of the week. And do we have a lot to say about this individual, Treva? Yes. So we already done told y'all last season and in multiple episodes that this show on own called Put a Ring on It that is portraying itself as like a couple's therapy to help people on their way to get to engagement and eventually marriage is all a fraud and... They are really just making, I want to say black women, because that's what we're seeing here. They're making these women out here in relationships look real stupid because the men are they're making women look bad, period. Especially at the reunion where Darian, who has dated Alexia on and off for 14 years. Yes, that's double digit 14 years. However, on their breaks, he managed to have three children. And two of them are with the same baby's mother. So you already know that Alexia just feels less than by going back with this guy, Darian. And while they're on this show, the couples have to date different people to see how strong their relationship is. Which already is trash. Like that's trash. Yes. So he goes on a date with Kai. He goes on multiple dates with Kai, at least four. And this is the first time anyone on the show had gone on so many dates with one person. So apparently he decides he doesn't want to see Kai anymore. And then Kai, they wanted him to have closure. So they make him meet up with Kai and Kai reveals that they had sex after the fourth date. And basically the show is just really shady because they opened this all up. I'm sure Kai already told the producers, hey, we slept together. So they wanted to air this out on TV. Now, weeks later in the reunion, yes, they, uh, Darian and Alexia, 14-year relationship, they broke up. He's apparently now dating the girl he cheated on her with, Kai. And he says that their sex was boring. The, the ex-girlfriend, that's why they're not together. The ex-Alexia really thinks that if it hadn't been for him sleeping with this girl, that they would be engaged right now, which is a lie. But he also lied to like everyone. And he talked down to her. He talked shit to her. He, I mean, Sally, what did you see? Cause I'm just so mad. You mean over my ears fuming? Cause I was hot. I, I, I got real hot, like five minutes into that interview portion with them because one, this is clearly a man child who you have spent 14 years of your life trying to go back and forth with someone who does not value themselves first off clearly and also does not value you. So for her to sit there talking all this shit off the side of her neck, talking about how, Oh, it wasn't for the fact that he had that closure day and she aired on camera that they slept together. We would be engaged right now. And I'm like, no girl, you would not because after 14 years, this man has done stepped out on you and had not one, but three babies on you while y'all been on and off. You ain't going nowhere, but maybe to seek some professional help for yourself and asking yourself, why do you, why do you not think enough about your own self-worth to keep continuing in this insane situation with this trash bag man? Actually, you know what? That is an insult to trash bags because Hefty be out here doing the work. He is Um, a wet paper bag that my dog has shit on multiple times. That's Alexia actually 
needs help. He's clearly manipulated her. They've been together since she was 18 or 19 years old. This is the only person she's ever known. So she truly believed that they were in a relationship when he is clearly telling her over here, hey, we're together, but he's out with several other women. He started families, multiple families. And then he even says marriage isn't for him. So he's being true in one way, but then he lies to her face. Like what else is she supposed to expect? So now she's all of like, I don't know, 32, 33. And clearly she's being vulnerable, but she doesn't know anything different. So it's less of a, you know, she doesn't know, she doesn't know any better, but it's, it's, she needs a lot of therapy to help her get through this. And the girl Kai that he slept with, apparently from the reunion, he's now dating the girl he cheated with. Mm. And then we go on the social media and the socials is telling us that Darren and apparently Alexia, their 14 year relationship was fake and just for the show. But Alexia really believes that they were together. I'm just so confused. That's what he so said because he's I feel so bad for this girl. Gaslight Elias. So one, I, I'm not going to believe a damn word that comes out his mouth because he's a liar. He's a manipulator. He's a narcissist. Based on the things that I've seen and my very basic understanding of uh, sociopathy, I'd say that he's a sociopath. The girl Kai, while I will give her the whole thing about how she doesn't owe Alexia anything, granted, fine, you're right. Because at the end of the day, the person who was responsible and accountable to his relationship is Darian. However, but, but no, no, no. She went on a date with this man knowing that he has a girlfriend of 14 years. So you that was the premise of the trash ass show. Exactly. So you weren't supposed to go further than a date. So you're wrong. You're wrong for anything else that happens. And she's over here sitting like she's Miss Innocent and whatever. But looking back at those dates that she had, the flirting that she was doing yeah. was beyond thirst trap. And she was a thirst bucket. Yeah, she baited him. And I'm sure the producers told them to go extra above and beyond. But I oh, just sure. hate the whole entire show. And I'm like, oh, network, you can do a lot better. And if you actually want to do a couples therapy show, granted, a lot of people will watch it. But this ain't it. This is not it. And you know what? Alexia is that classic axiom of you don't have to stay in a mistake just because you spent a long time making it. It is never too late for some self-reflection for you to say, hey, this is not good. This person is garbage and it is time for me to move on. Now that doesn't mean go find yourself some recycling girl. Like that means go do some work on yourself before you decide to partake in other relationships down the road. Because this has been a traumatic experience. She got PTSD for sure. Absolutely agree. Now for our favorite part where we just be winning. Baby, we winning. So it seems like Kanye has made a little turnaround and he has some successes to celebrate. His new album, Donda, is actually the 10th number one album and the biggest debut album of the year. What well, damn. Yeah, so, you know, he finally gave us the album that he told us he was going to give us after the I don't know how many fake release dates. But I will say that this is I'm I'm proud of him in the accomplishment because it's not easy to have this many number one hits. And he's only the seventh artist in history to have this many number one albums. So big up to him. Big up to the crew. 
I'm just going to need his life to imitate his art a little bit better. But other than that, good for you, brother. Good for you. Good for you. Keep your head up and don't pay attention to Soldier Boy because it was getting too crazy. That I part. Can, we, we maybe going to get into it and all of that in another episode. But moving right on along to the new box office hit movie, Candyman's director, Nia DaCosta. She's winning, y'all. Yes. So not only is Candyman over here celebrating a spectacular opening weekend, she made history in the process, becoming the first black female director to debut at number one at the U.S. box office. Who claps for that? I love spirit. And you know what? I still have to go out and see the movie. I do want to see it. But then you also know that I'm not a horror movie person. Yeah. My support of the Black community, honestly, has to outweigh my own bladder erupting while watching this. Because them scary movies, eh? they be doing a lot. Well, then, you know what? If you want to support, how about you buy a ticket and give it to a student who did really well on, like, an extra credit assignment or something? You know? Oh, I like the way you think. I like that. I like that. You know, I'll be thinking sometimes. And now on to a husband and wife duo. They are co-founders, Anthony and Janique Edwards. They created Eat Okra. Mm, That sounds good. Tell us about that. Yeah. So the really cool, neat thing about this app is that it can help you locate black owned restaurants in your area which I think is amazing. Um, In New York City, you definitely know that they're going to have lots of Black-owned restaurant businesses to support. But the whole purpose behind this app is that they came up with it when they moved to Brooklyn back in 2016 and wanted to find a way to support local Black-owned restaurants. Yes, and this also eventually helped them to champion the vibrant cultural voices of the Brooklyn neighborhood. So I'm really excited about that because sometimes I'm really searching, especially if I go to a new area, I would love to go and support a Black-owned restaurant, a Black-owned business if I know that they're around. So with this app, I'll be able to do so. Yes, everybody up in the section. I would also love to celebrate and support a Black-owned restaurant and business. So hopefully they can create an app that will create that in my area. And now for... Check this out. So while we were away, the TV networks, they have been coming up with some really good, interesting things for us to watch. The first that we are both super excited about is Our Kind of People that's premiering on Fox. And uh, it premieres September 21st, which stars Yaya DaCosta, Morris Chestnut, oh yes, and Lance Gross and more. So already, you know, this is about to be hella good because it's got a mostly black cast and they all foing foing. Yes, so Yaya is going to be playing strong-willed single mother that sets out to reclaim her family's name. And she wants to make an impact with her revolutionary hair care line that highlights the innate natural beauty of black women. So I love that they're showing black people who, you know, they got the money, they got class, and they're doing great things. But don't get me wrong, it's going to be a bitch lap or two. So I'm looking forward to that. And you know it's going to be good because um, the creators of Empire is all up in this, too, and Star. Oh, so it's going to be good and messy. See, because we need a little bit of mess mess for our entertainment. Exactly. I want some class and some mess. Speaking of mess, Netflix done did it, y'all. Don't they always? They done did it. They created a show that not even I could figure out. 
Netflix has this new show called Clickbait. It's in its first season. It's one of those limited series events, so it's only eight episodes long. But honestly, eight episodes is all you need. Yeah, and it's starring Adrian Grenier from Entourage. But, ooh, child. I mean, the premise of this was Adrian plays family man Nick Brewer, who is abducted in a crime with a sinister online twist. And those closest to him race to uncover who is behind it and why. I'm telling you, each episode I was like, what did I get myself into? This is not what I thought it was going to be. But, oh, my God. It took... This was very suspenseful. Yeah, I mean, usually, and you know, Tree will tell you she hates watching movies and TV shows with me because I always figure I it out and then she gets mad. But I was sitting there, I go, oh, this person didn't know. Oh, this person didn't know. You'll never guess. You will never guess. And it will keep you on your toes. I went down a hole with this show. I watched it in one sitting, one Sunday. It was a lazy Sunday, so it's fine. But, ooh, it kept me up. Yeah, and on top of that, the another thing to take from this show is Better watch out with them dating apps. Huh. Uh, I don't want to give any spoilers, but you you want to know who you're talking to on them dating apps. This is facts. I mean, if our game didn't tell you that you need to be watching out with dating apps, this show will definitely have you rethinking your entire dating life if you're doing that online shit. What? It's going to make you think, listen, let's do the FaceTime on me in person because I don't have time for no nonsense. Okay? I mean, honestly, it's 2021. Yeah, we should all be doing that off top. Like, you can't trust nobody out in these streets. True. But, you know, in COVID quarantine times, people was just like ongoing, talking, never seen each other. So, again, make sure you know who you're talking to. And speaking of knowing the who, what, where, and the why, we know us and the entire POC community has a very bittersweet emotional response to finally getting the last season, season five of Insecure, which premieres October 25th. I can't wait, but I also can wait, if you know what I mean. Yes, so they wrapped up filming a few months ago. Apparently, it was super emotional, but we are so excited that we finally have a premiere date, and it's coming out next month, and it's going to make me sad, but I'm just happy that these amazing Black women are going to be on my screen for another season. Yeah, I was watching Issa and Yvonne Orji's IG when they posted during the last day of production. And when I'm telling you, I was boohooing over my phone. So I can only imagine what this season is about to do for us because we got so many unanswered questions that we need the answers to. Yes. And I really love to see their friendship because you see that it spans past the show and the TV screen. Like they really yes. have a friendship. And also there've been so many like bomb star actors who really like insecure was the first place to put them on the map, even Issa Rae, you know? So I just can't wait to see what happens for the season, but also for these characters and actors after the show and somebody better get a spinoff. So HBO, you know, let us know. Kelly. My girl Kelly needs my I need more Kelly and I need more Kelly as a spinoff that I said it. I put it out in the atmosphere. All right, HBO, you know what to do. And unfortunately, it's time for sad blackity black ass truth from the IG handle our BK social. They told us this was a few weeks ago about a black man in Crown Heights Brownstone that basically has lived there his entire life for decades. Now, he noticed he's had some new neighbors come in uh, recently. They are white. And one day he just wanted to introduce himself. He wanted to say, hey, what's up? My name is so and so. 
And they immediately said, we have no money. Ain't that some bullshit, Sally? I know, ma'am. Let's set it straight, y'all. Like, this man has been living in Crown Heights for damn near 60 years. Six zero. Do you know the type of changes this man has witnessed over time? Seeing all of these different demographics that have come in and out of the neighborhood, he basically helped create what the neighborhood is now. And let me tell you, Crown Heights used to not be the place where you wanted to be seen when the sun set, okay? Yep, but this man, his name is Thomas Holly. He is 74 years old. So yes, he's been living in that brown store for just about 60 years. But literally before he could finish the sentence to say hi to his neighbors, they said, I don't have any money. Now that really irks the shit out of me because a lot of these places that are being gentrified, the people who started them, the people who've been living here for decades and generations, you know, some of them are dying off and a lot of people can't live in New York anymore. So they're moving away. But the people who are moving in because the entire community is being changed, it's being um, turned into high rises, it's becoming more expensive. So that culture is no longer there. But the people who live there don't look at them like they're lesser. That's not okay. Especially if you're coming in as a transplant from wherever the fuck you coming from, Connecticut, Boston, all these other yuppie ass towns, and you're going to sit here and you're going to try to demean the people who have created the neighborhood that makes it as attractive as it is today. That's one. Two, you're rude. If someone is trying to say hello, just say hello back. Y'all ain't got no manners. Who raised y'all? Yes. And I want to let y'all know that this handle Our BK Social got this article from the New York Times. So the New York Times wrote about Thomas Hawley and wanted to tell his story. And he just looks like a very nice man. He looked like he could be my dad, my uncle, any family member, anyone I don't know. But you know what? If you don't got anything nice to say, then just keep it moving. If you didn't want to talk to that man, you could just keep walking. You didn't have to be rude like that. But then, you know what? The worst part of the story is, Sully, go ahead, tell him. I was looking through the comments on the post because, you know, I'm messy and toxic and I wanted someone to show they ass and talk out the side of their neck. The Instagram account holder told us how Thomas Holly is actually moving to Florida because he no longer feels welcome in that neighborhood to the point where he can't live there anymore. So in addition to people getting displaced because they can't afford to live there, people are now getting displaced because the current demographic of the residents coming in is making you feel unwelcome in your own neighborhood. And that's not okay. That's sad. He no longer feels like this is the place where he can live and he's moving. And it sucks because, you know, you want to to keep your stance and be like, well, I'm going to keep my culture here. I'm going to keep being me. But unfortunately, stuff like this is happening every day, every year. We have less of the people who built the culture. And it's not to say that other people can't move in, but respect where you're living. Respect that where you move to is different. Have some manners. That's all we're saying. Just have some manners. Now it's time for an extra long edition of Celeb News Reality Roundup. So let's get into our messy celebs. We've been missing talking about them for a minute. And of course, Diddy wouldn't be Diddy if he didn't have a nice young thing on his arm. Or should I say on his yacht? Who was the 50-year-old snapped kissing and cuddling with, girl? Girl, JT is going to be real mad because he was seen with Joey Chavez on his mega yacht in Capri, Italy. Now tell the people, who is 
a Joey Chavez. Because she sounds familiar, familiar. So she claims to be a model, but who we actually know her to be is she used to date Bow Wow and Future, and she has kids with both of them. Both of them. Yep. She shares a 10-year-old daughter, Shy, with Bow Wow, and a two-year-old son with Future named Hendrix. But the gag is, this isn't the first time Vidi has been tied to an ex of Futures. No, the whole of Hollywood is picking everybody's sloppy seconds. That's the one thing I hate. But yes, he was rumored to have dated Lori Harvey in 2019, which meant that Lori dated a son and a father because she had dated his son a few years prior. But that's another story. I'm just like, you know, what did he okay all right you know you single out here but what what did you mention about jt i didn't know about that t there was like a few weeks ago all the blogs was talking about how him and jt were seen canoodling they were out and about they were doing all the things together and the city girls was really here for this but i guess he done said nah for me Listen, that Diddy money rolls long and deep. But the thing is, if he don't claim you as his girlfriend, as his main one thing, like he could be out here Nick Cannon in, okay? He about to just have this girl over here, this girl over here. And if he tells you, hey, you know we're not exclusive, ma, then don't be surprised when you see pictures popping up on the shave room and whatnot of him with a new chick. I mean, yeah, he can be out here Nick Cannon and just as long as he ain't popping out them kids like a Nick Cannon. I love how we just made a new word. Nick Cannon in Ultra. All right. So we're going to move on to B and G's Tiffany campaign and all the things that came with it. What happened there? Because it was looking good. And then, you know, things that happened. I liked it. I was here for it. So we see Beyonce and Jay-Z out here stepping out in the Tiffany's ad campaign. In the ad, you can see Beyonce wearing a 128.54 carat yellow diamond. First of all, I could barely say that all in one sentence. That's a lot of carrots. That's too rich for me to even like want to say. And honestly, when you look at the picture, I think I had to put on my sunglasses because the shit was blinding me and I'm already blind. So I can't afford to go more blind. Was she not the first black woman to wear this Tiffany diamond? Yes, she is the first black woman to have been photographed wearing this diamond. So that was a huge thing. And, you know, Beyonce and Jay-Z, they out here doing all the things. She's just coming off of her uh, super mega spread where she's talking about all the things that she feels that she can do now because she's made it to the top and now she's doing it for herself. But you know, black people can't be out here doing nothing because everybody got something to say. And apparently people is big mad at this ad. At first they were mad because they were claiming, oh, you're supporting blood diamonds. You don't know where that diamond came from. Tiffany's is known for oppressing and corrupting and pillaging and blah, blah, blah. Not like two or three days later, some friends and collaborators of uh, the now deceased Jean-Michel Basquiat were horrified by this ad because the ad features one of his most famous paintings, the 1982 work Equals Pi, which apparently has never been photographed before. And this is the first time that it's being unveiled in this very capitalistic, very rich ad. And his friends and former colleagues are saying it's not what he would have wanted. Well, Jay-Z is a huge fan of Basquiat. He, and he's a huge art collector. So I'm sure that this all aligned with what B&J wanted. The other side of this is that 
Tiffany's as a company purchased this exclusive Basquiat painting. And they even said that, you know, there's a blue in it that looks and resembles a Tiffany blue. So they felt like this was some sort of sign and connection. I mean, that's a whole lot of bullshit. What I'm saying is B&J, this is their own campaign that they're working with Tiffany on. And that was a beautiful moment that should have been celebrated in and of its own. The whole separation of the Basquiat painting being in it and being purchased by this major you know, white company and being used in this way, that's a different story. And their reasoning as to buying it, I mean, it's a lot of money. They had the money to purchase it. But I, I feel like we're trying to argue two different things here and that we need to give B and J their right and their claps and their flowers for like being a strong black mogul family music business, all the things that they do and separate it from, you know, the sort of hatred that's coming towards Tiffany and other parts of it. Exactly. And for out here promoting something different, I'm also not too comfortable with speaking on what other people would have wanted. Once you've passed away, I am not going to be the type of person to say, this isn't what uh, this person would have wanted. This isn't what he or she or they would have wanted. Because unless you leave that shit in a will for me to be able to read, I, I can't read mine. I'm not Miss Cleo. So who am I to speak on what someone would have wanted, especially if if they were still alive, maybe they would have changed their perspective. Maybe they would have agreed with this. I don't know. I feel like it's two different things. I feel like if you want to come after Tiffany for one thing and purchasing this Painting, that's one thing. But B&J, like doing this campaign, that's a whole nother. And it, it looked great, you know, have no problems there. So, I mean, you know, everybody's going to argue about something because you know what? They're bored. But now we're going to move on to some sad RIPs. The recently deceased Michael K. Williams and Greg Leakes. Tell us about that, Sally. Uh, such a sad time. Unfortunately, um, Michael K. Williams, who's best known for his role as Omar in The Wire, amongst other TV shows, most recently Lovecraft Country, was found dead in his home in Williamsburg. According to the NYPD, they are investigating this as a possible drug overdose. Williams has struggled a lot with drug addiction throughout his lifetime, which he was also very open about. No, like he didn't try to hide that part of his past that part of his life. Even so, he still tried to live his life full of purpose. He used his celebrity status a lot to promote several causes, most notably, which, you know, is very near and dear to me, criminal justice reform. He was a huge advocate for not letting arrests for drug use or mental health be the defining moment in how you get to live the rest of your life and trying to end mass incarceration. Brooklyn is very sad. He was Brooklyn bred, a longtime Brooklyn native. He stayed in Brooklyn. He was raising his flatbush like the man did everything that he tried to do for his people. He tried to break down a lot of these gender normative stereotypes on how we view black masculinity, which I really appreciated. And to have him gone at such a young age, he was only 54. Like this one really hurts for real. Yes. And also recently losing Greg Leakes, who is the husband of Real Housewives of Atlanta, former star. Nene Leaks. Um, Nene was an OG on the Atlanta Housewives. So we've seen her and Greg and their love. They have been together for a little over 20 years. They actually got divorced and two years later, they realized, you know what, girl, I still love you. And they got remarried. We got to see that on the show. And he was such a wise 
person. Uh, Andy Cohen gave a, a little tribute to him the other night. He used to call him Pastor Leaks. He was just a really great guy. And he passed away due to um, a resurgence of cancer. So RIP to these great Black men. And switching over into new life, Cardi B is now officially a mother of two. Her and the hubby offset, they welcomed their second child, a son, on September 4th. And damn, that photo, that photo was too rich for me to be looking at, Sally. Girl, first of all, this little boy is born into all the riches because... You see this very cute picture of Cardi and Offset holding their baby underneath the Louis Vuitton blanket. You haven't even lived yet. You are bored. You landed into that rich life. And I can't be mad at it. I'm really happy for their family. I hope that, you know, this means a new chapter in their parental, in their marriage, in their marital world. But yeah, I'm just hoping this is what they need to be able to have that more solid bond. AKA offset quit being a jackass out here. Yeah, no, we're not mad at it because you know what? That's what we about to do for our future children, right? That's right. Now, because we're a little messy, we're going to move into Nikki's baby. Yes. Nikki Minaj started showing pictures of her cute little baby and she's been hanging out with Rihanna. So we saw a little, uh, apparently a date night photo of Nikki and her husband and Riri and her rapper slash wannabe model boyfriend. And, you know, they was looking all cute, cute. I guess I'm just not a fan of their partners. So. I mean, yeah, it was it was cute to see the little papa there, papa bear there, which is what Nikki calls her son. We still don't know this boy's name. And honestly, we probably won't until he turns 18 and decides to tell us what his name is. But I'm here for it because, you know, you're protecting your peace, you're protecting your your child. But I will say that, you know, they seem to be doing their whole bestie Kiki and thing. They look the ladies look real cute. Um, and that's that on that. The ladies, they look cute. That's my best friend. She a real fat bitch. Drive her own car. She don't need no lift in a strip club. No, my girl gon' tip. Now she twerking. She throw it out and come back in. Beep, beep. Is that my bestie in a tessie? Fresh blowout. Yeah, that's that on that. So it seemed like they maybe came into town, you know, in New York. To, it was Labor Day weekend, like right before Labor Day weekend that they were out here. And, you know, normally Labor Day weekend is lit AF for Caribbean people in New York because mm-hmm. Brooklyn and the Eastern Parkway. That's what we normally do in our thing and have the big Labor Day parade. But unfortunately, it has not happened the past two years because of COVID. So we'll see what happens next year. But we're going to move on to our reality TV mess, mess, mess. And while we've been on hiatus, the challenge has returned. Thank goodness. Season 37 is on and popping with an international season. I'm like, I didn't realize I needed this MTV, but thank you. Okay. I'm going to need all of the award shows to get their shit together and give TJ his flowers, his roses, and all the ting-tings. Because he's been providing quality, grade A, top-tier entertainment. And it just keeps getting better and better and better with each season. And like you said, he's really doing the things, trying to make sure that he is promoting a diverse contestant pool showing what all the people can do in all the places and we have you know our regular ogs that we love to see because they foin and they also messy like ct foin anisa messy devin funny messy Corey 
is out here being a dad and I guess trying to be better. Nelson, no matter. Big T, Kyle, Ashley, you know, all the regular OGs. But then we have some new people from these other reality shows that are now competing on the challenge against the OGs. So they're coming from shows like Big Brother, Survivor, Love Island, Too Hot to Handle, and a few other reality shows. But we are seeing those competitors who have competed in those shows from the UK, Nigeria, Spain, Romania, Hungary, Turkey, Germany, Sweden, Belgium, and more. I mean, listen, they literally went all over the world for this cast. And the best part is, drum roll. What, girl? We've seen the most Black people we've ever seen in one season on this show. I mean, what was it, like 12, 15? Like, first of all, it's a large cast. It's like over 30-something. It was so many of them, I could not keep track. And my eyeballs were just like... It's like, you know, when you have a a really nice looking dessert and like your mouth starts watering, I think like my eyes were watering from looking at all this beautiful black excellence coming on my screen on an MTV show. Yes, but also the black people and just the different types of people from around the world. They were like, I'm here for Turkey. I'm here for Germany. And then when you see old girl win, like, you know, Tasha went in the bottom or Esther was like, I did this for Nigeria. And I'm like, you know what? Damn, it just feels it's different. If they win or lose, they really have their country on their back. And I'm like, oh, I'm here for it and the mess and all the new faces, the new faces, especially the POCs up in the place. And the Nigerians are serving this season with their Nigerian traditional garb. Oh, here showing all of the colors, all of the beautiful patterns. I'm here for it. So we can't wait to see more. And we're going to jump into our normal housewife craziness. Beverly Hills has been heating up over the past few weeks. Erica Jane is not letting up. And she was all up in Sutton's face like, or what? Or what? It was literally like a Georgia girl showdown in Couture. Girl, if I wore a wig, it uh, it would have been blown off within the first 30 seconds. Every episode has been serving like boom, 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 T after T after T. And I just, I can't handle it. It's hard to keep up. It is hard to keep up. But you know what? Dorit is boring. And now she's trying to have beef with Garcelle because she's been boring. And she knows that she needs to have some sort of drama to like solidify next season. But Garcelle, you hold your ground because Dorit is trying it with the wrong one. And Garcelle is still being her true, authentic self. If you say something in front of her, um, she's going to bring it up to the girls in the group and she's going to hold her own. And if you try to call her on it, she's going to have a big old F you right there. And she's bringing in all her Haitian cuisines, her Haitian family, her Haitian culture. She's teaching this women, these women, because they have never even. I mean, Lisa Renner was like, oh, no, I've never had Haitian food. Then the chef said, have you been to Haiti? No, but I've been to the Bahamas. Bitch, what one got to do with the other? Like, you could have just said no and left it at that. But you know what? Lisa Renner and Kyle are doing so much like soft padding around Erica Jane and they're not being like true, true. So Sutton is trying to get the truth out of Erica Jane, but Erica Jane said, or what? And Kathy is just my, she's my newbie 
like favorite. Like I just, I'm obsessed with her. She's so funny. She brings in that like random. I needed that. I needed Kathy. I'm loving her on this season. Replace Kyle, please. Honestly, I'm here for a show that includes Kyle's family. So her fine ass husband, her cute little daughter, because she really don't give a F. And Kathy. So just Kathy with Kyle's family, no Kyle, because she boring. Kathy's family is too rich and expensive to actually be shown on the show. Exactly. And Kathy is one of those people that's so rich, she don't need to talk about how much money and couture she is because she is, her name is couture. When she was walking around with Kyle showing all of the play settings for the dinner party that she had planned, one of those candlestick holders I think is probably worth more than my life insurance package. Like I was scared for Kyle holding that thing because I thought she was going to drop it. Yeah, that Hilton name runs strong. But now let's move into Potomac. Ooh, a lot's going on over there. Tell us about it. So first of all, I need to give the crown and scepter to Queen Karen, the grand, the grand dame. Because her reads this season, baby been studying. She been studying, them wigs are popping, and her and so is her tongue. Cause she is on it. Uh telling Giselle all about herself because she needs to, cause Giselle is being an asshole and someone needs to call her out on it because you know it ain't gonna be Robin. You know what I'm I, you right because I was dying laughing when Karen was talking about Giselle's flappy lips down there. I said, stop it, girl, stop it. When they were supposedly dancing for Candace's non-existent music career video. Um, also, I just really need Candace to stop coming after Ash. Like her hatred for Ashley out of nowhere is so rude. As she had her second kid, she's still showing up. She's still bringing all the mess and the tea, dropping bombs and then leaving, going back to her babies. Like that's what a real OG of Potomac does. And Candace is hating on her and it's really like low and sad. Then she wants to body and mom shame her like it's getting weird, Candace. And also, stop trying to have a singing career. Wendy, I'm sort of on your side now because, I don't know, like, you were coming for New Girl Mia, and then you decided to, like, I guess, turn into a beast and be like, hey, don't tell me I can't dress sexy because I'm a professor, so now I'm on your side. But you still realize that you're a hypocrite because the same energy you're giving is what Monique gave last season that you said yeah. you could be around. So girl, what? And then how about Giselle not even realizing that her friend Robin needs therapy? Then Robin is calling to talk to a life coach when the life coach is like, but you might need therapy. And she's like, no, I think I just need life coaching. Bitch, you need therapy. Like what? Like you can't sit here and say that you're having all this difficulty being able to get out of bed past 1, 2 p.m. Your kids is done failing out of school because you don't know whether or not they do in the schoolwork, even though all y'all been at home this whole time and that you have absolutely no motivation to do anything like that to me as a friend, first of all, speaks there is a much larger issue at play here. Let's try to unpack that and maybe you need professional help. A real friend should not be out here saying, no man wants to marry unattractive. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. You need to work out. You need to do all that. That really pissed me off because if a friend came to me and came to me in need or vice versa, and that's the reaction that you're given, y'all ain't friends. Yeah. And the funny thing is Giselle has so many things to say about everybody else's relationship. Your man's cheating or you're not going to get married, this and that. 
but where is your man? And what relationship have you ever had on the show that was positive to talk about? When you were dating that man and things seemed good, hey, you were happy. But then he ended up going back to his ex-wife and then mums the word. So it's like you don't want anybody talking about your relationship or lack thereof, but you could talk about everybody else's homegirl. What? Exactly. And um, he lived on the phone. Remember, he lives in the phone. Jamal lived in the phone, but remember a couple seasons back, she was dating a guy. Oh, yes, I do remember. And, and then yep. he ended up playing her and going back to like the ex or somebody. Either way, he ended up playing her. But it's like, you know what, Giselle, you're a pretty woman. You're smart. You know, you have a lot of things going for yourself. You're attracting people because you act the way you do. Because that's the energy you put out. So the energy you put out is the energy you give back. So maybe instead of looking around and saying, oh, it's all these other people, let's do some self-reflection and work on Giselle first and work on the relationships that I'm supposed to be having with my friends because those also are not going very well. And that's the word on the street. Mm -hmm. But moving on to New York, they waited until the finale to give us the best episode Ever. Why did I have to wait 17 episodes for New York to give what I know it could give? Why? Why? 17 weeks. That's 17 weeks. Actually, that's 18 weeks because on one week they were off. So I had to wait yeah. 18 weeks for New York housewives to be drunk, messy, funny, doing all the things, maybe only seeing crying one time as opposed to 47 minutes out of the whole episode. Yeah, but they was running around every single one of them while Bershawn wasn't there at the time. But they had another little getaway because I get it. They were filming during COVID. So they're running around topless with pasties. What was it like? Little glittery pasties on? Yeah, I was little diamond ones. I was surprised. And you can see that Ebony K. Williams has uh, real boobies, which is nothing wrong with fake ones. But everybody else's boobs was up under their necks and you like in your 50s and 60s. So it's like, come on, people. Then they went and did this swap. What did they they pretended to be each other? Right. No. But before that, they did pin the pin the lips on Harry. Remember that? Oh, yeah. This Harry Dubin is forever going to be the one man who almost slept with half the cast because he did mm-hmm. so they did the pin the lips on harry sonia's already you know sonia she mad because that was her man first so she introduced him to everybody and then after that he had some little tryst with luann he's also on and off flirting with ramona and then guess what guess who calls in the middle of the game none other than harry ain't shit harry and he called her ramona after Sonia just called her out for saying, you're my friend. He cheated on me. He slept with all of my friends. Why are you talking to this person? And honestly, that's fact, Sonia. A real friend would not do that. My friend, my bond, my friendship, my sister friends, somebody do them wrong. Guess what? You're done. You're cut I off. Don't, I don't understand why in some friend circles, they feel like it's okay to date someone that you used to date. It don't matter how many years pass. No, if they know what kind of face turns you on in any capacity, no, 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 and no. But then the final night they had this, I'm going to pretend to be you. I'm going to dress up and act like you. And Luann ate that shit as Ebony K. Williams. She ate it up. Baby, when she walked down them stairs and said, 
This is Ebony K. Williams on Holding Court. Luann did her homework because I know for a fact that she had to listen to that podcast to be able to do all of her catchphrases because I listened to that show and she was spot on. Everything that Ebony says, all of her mannerisms, she got it down, down to the y'all. She um, styled her hair with the little curlies at the end, just like Ebony does. I was just like, Luann, claps for you she did her homework she understood the assignment and she got an a plus from me she did and ramona ain't shit because she made leah look like like a i don't know trash trailer trash britney spears from the 90s baby (laughs) hit me one more time like she had the gum in her mouth that she almost choked on and she was chonking or like she made her look like she had no manners no class and slut 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 like but it was funny and that's the things that they were able to make fun of themselves it was all in good fun they were all drinking drunk like laugh cry moments it was good that's what we've been wanting the whole season so now that you gave us that on the finale and then we don't even get a reunion right afterwards bravo what's going on like we know you're trying to shake it up so we've been hearing a lot of things about who's coming and who's not coming back for next season and always not looking good for some new york people you know about that sally yeah so apparently luann might be coming back as a friend um, Sonia is still up in the air, whether or not she's returning. Ramona has been throwing temper tantrums because people are saying that she's not coming back, but she's saying, oh, baby, I am coming back. Um, Leah and Ebony are slated to return, but there's also some rumorings, rumblings that Bethany might be coming back to Housewives along with Tinsley. I'm here for that. I think that we do need a shake up. And I love me some Sonia. I think Sonia should come back as a friend. But like, let's not forget the big ass elephant in the room. Sonia has a real drinking problem. Like, we usually just pass it off as like, oh my gosh, she's just being Sonia and she's really no, fucked bad. up. Like, he has a real drinking problem. She yeah. might need to take off a season to really get that intact. But we know that she needs the money because she's always talking about this house that, you know, cost so much money that she's trying to rent out, which we found out in the finale episode. She rented out for two years, at least. She needs to, like, check herself in because it's, like, not fun anymore looking drunk. So, uh, because let's check that out. It's not fun drunk anymore. It's destructive drunk. Like, she's out here destroying a public property in hotels. She's out here lashing out on her friends. She forgot that she was having, she forgot she was having a whole phone conversation with Luann, did not close the phone properly. Luann heard her talking shit about her, which Luann was right. I'm just like, no, I think that was just normally her. I don't think that that was like alcohol and just, I think that was just normally her. And she's also lying about hookups. But the thing is, we would, we love that if it happened every once in a while, but it happens like, Every time, you know what I mean? So I'm like, you might just want to like "Mm, check on that because we want Sonia there, just like "Mm, not messy, messy, messy all the time, Sonia. So she needs to reprioritize where her money is going because I need to understand why she's housing a whole alleged intern and then has two other assistants. And she always late. Yes, that part. So New York, figure it out and let us know when we could finally catch a reunion or will it be worth it? It might be a snooze fest, but so excited because Salt Lake City is coming back. Yes, it's coming back this week. Oh, my goodness. Ooh, Jen Shaw, Jen Shaw. Girl, my edges are not ready. Like, I'm already 
having balding issues from Beverly Hills and the legal drama that's going on there. I was about to say, girl, do you have any hair left? Because you always talk about your edges. Is your bald or what? I mean, I am going to need to start looking into a viable wig situation because these heifers is out here just doing the most and all the things. Yeah, so the trailer for the premiere of season two, Salt Lake City, is hot and crazy. They have a newcomer, Jenny. She's in an argument. She's coming in hot, so we can't wait to see it. We have Whitney, and I'm sure she's bringing the polls and whatnot. Meredith and her annoying son, he's still in the picture. Oh, boy. He must think that he's some sort of a celebrity now. And and he's still going after Jen. But Jen, Sean, these legal issues. Mama, we see you get taken into jail. We see it all go down like the cameras are there. But it's also rumored that one of her her co-working housewives may have uh, put that tip out there, may have snitched. So I want to see more with Heather and Mary. I feel like hopefully Mary got better wigs, but I did see her natural hair. Her natural hair looks great. Girl, you don't got to put on a cheap old wig if you got some great hair. That's what I said. Why you don't like the way your hair looks, then get a good wig. Especially with all the money she making, like you can afford it. You can afford a real nice wig and not these like dollar general ass stringy things that she had on all last season. And they talk about Mary's church. That gets more into question. So I guess we we stopped talking about her husband's step-grandfather. And we, we're talking more about her church. What I am predicting, the theme of this season is going to be people talking about their finances because now everyone is starting to put two and two together on how a lot of the shit and in the ways that Jen was moving was not adding up, which I said that from the fucking beginning. I always said, what the hell does this lady do? I can't describe it. She's like Chandler from Friends. Like you can't come up with a way to adequately describe her job and none of it was making any sense. Um, What I will say- Like Chandler, we did see her at work. We saw her in the office. We did see her in the office, but she was not working. What work was she doing? She was bouncing around on a damn yoga ball and yelling at her little assistant. No, she had several assistants. She had like seven assistants. So basically to me, that scream scam, because now you're filming showing that you're at an office with a job, but ain't no officing actually going on. Jen, we don't need to have a real conversation on how to pick and choose your friends because the fact that someone in your circle leaked this one ain't none of the ain't none of y'all from Brooklyn because snitches stitches that's all I'm saying and if you out here doing fraudulent things don't be on a reality show the fraud and the scams is not for you it's not you said it the best girl And so with that, we can't wait to see the premiere episode coming up soon. Now we're going to move into Married at First Sight. They have a new season in Texas. And all I have to say is this show, they need to get new matchmakers. They need to get new therapists, new professionals, because all these couples are failing. They are not going to make it. Now, I only saw the wedding episode and then I jumped into like current episodes. I missed all the in between. But, you know, you get you catch up and you see what had happened. Now, Bao and Johnny, the Asian couple that's on there, he's not attracted to her. And you know what? That's fine, because the thing is, when you decide that you want to marry someone a complete total stranger and meet 
the person you're marrying at the altar. You don't know what you're going to get. But I also see some things on his side where like she doesn't like to shower. And I'm like, huh? Wait, wait, what? So he's like, no, but you should just like, you know, just take a shower. But like before you go to bed, she's like, no, like this should not be an argument. And you should also not ever say this on national TV. Like, even if you didn't, why are you arguing when someone wants you to shower? Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. It's very strange. I just don't understand how you can get into your bed all dusty and musty from doing all the things throughout the day and think that that's okay. She even said, yeah, you know, if I come back from the gym and I'm tired, then what? he's like, well, then just shower. And she was like, no, like, I, it doesn't make sense. They're definitely not going to make it because he's just not attracted to her. But I mean, yeah, adding in the, the non-showering portion, of course, that's going to Well, there's not being not attracted and then there's being repulsed by someone. And it kind of sounds like he is leaning more towards repulsion. than. No, it's actually both because apparently <laughs> they knew each other and went to the same college and like she liked him then and he didn't give her the time of day. It's just all a mess, but they're definitely not going to make it. This seems but odd. I- she liked him. He didn't give her the time of day. And now she just so happens to have to be his wife or married at first sight. Mm. But they're also very picky. Like they have the thing is, if you are picky and you have such a list that you want in a partner, that is fine. Go out there and search for your damn self for what you're looking for. But you can't be that picky and come on a show where they're going to choose someone for you to marry. This is not the show for you. Why are you here? Do you get what I'm saying? That part. Black couple, Michaela and Zach, they're, I don't know, they have anger issues, some weird shit. Like he, I don't know if he kind of lied and he left the apartment, but he was only gone for like, I don't know, an hour or two. She couldn't reach him. So she got mad and angry, had a whole fit and left the whole apartment. It's just that their arguments make no sense after one week of marriage. Yeah, I said it. Now, uh, Gil and Merla, he is a firefighter, a very fine, very humbled Colombian firefighter. She's a leadership coach. Okay, this is nice. This is cute. Sounds nice. She loves her, you know, her Hermes, her Louis Vuitton. She is a labor person. She works hard and she pays for the things that she likes. Okay. A humbled firefighter. They are in two different, you know, tax brackets they do not make the same at all he is very humbled he wants to save and she's all about hey i'm saving and i'm making a lot of money so i'm gonna spend that basically she doesn't like him because he doesn't have money she's not even giving him the time of day the way she's so standoffish is like annoying to watch she hasn't even kissed him on the lips and they've been married for two weeks no yeah and he's such a nice guy like he's a firefighter he's not gonna make as much as you and apparently as a leadership coach she makes a hell of a lot of money but you know what that's fine she worked for what she worked for but i'm telling these people they need to stop going on these shows if they want a very specific type if you want a matchmaker to match you up you go and use your money and pay for a matchmaker and then you go on as many dates as you want don't get a matchmaker and then find your spouse at the fucking altar and get pissed is not what you want yeah like the type of people who succeed in these types of situations have to be open-minded because that means that you've tried it on your own and it didn't work. So now you are seeking someone else's professional help based on the criteria that you have given them. Um, This Merla chick, she sounds like very typical. I just want to spend money. 
I mean, yes, you do work hard for the money, but that's your prerogative. Like you should not look down on someone who makes significantly less than you and is more concerned about actually building longevity. So wanting a home, that means building equity. That means something stable, something. No, 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 no. Get it. She wants a home, but she was basically like, she told his friend because they met the friend and she said, yeah, but like, I want a home that she saved a lot of money. He has not saved a lot of money. He, He can't do that. He's has is not making a lot because he's making he what a like, servant yeah and she's like when we move out of this the show gives them an apartment to live in together because they need to be in mutual quarters so she says when we move out of this i'm not moving into his tiny apartment like i want a home and she has the money to do so but obviously if they have matched her up with someone who made a lot more than her she will be fine regardless as to what they're looking for. I'm not calling her a gold digger, but I'm saying she's looking for somebody with money, anybody with money. The she's girl looking for get someone that. that can match her level, basically. Well, exceed her level because I don't think she wants to spend any of her money when she gets married. It's what That's kind of what I'm getting. And I'm like, girl, this man, they did this man so wrong because Gil is such a nice guy. And he's just like, you know what? He's so unfiltered, too, because he says everything that's like on his mind to the guys, to the friends, to the camera and to her. Like, there's no secret there. Gil sounds like my type of guy. Like, if it don't don't work with Merla, you can find you a Sally. You can find Gil, but guess what, girl? He in Texas. We didn't talk so much shit about Texas. No, sorry, Gil. No, no. But like I said, there are so many great people in Texas. You can't help what the state itself, legislation and the law and politics is doing. It doesn't account for all the people. See what I'm saying? Mm. But Gil, girl, you need to watch, watch and catch up on this because Gil is a great guy. I I think you might like some of Gil. You might not reach out because him and Merla is not working. I'm calling it. So there's another couple. I'm going to just run through this real quick. Rachel Jose. Jose is a very short man. And he just has a complex of like, I'm going to control the situation because I am short and I need to be heard and I want to be loud. And he's given off that complex. And that's very uh, stereotypical Hispanic male, too. Yes, he is short angry man but well not really angry but like he is controlling and it's not cute to see so i don't think they're gonna make it either it's really fake right now i feel like most of the couples are being fake for the camera but other thing is the white couple brett and ryan brett is redheaded a redheaded chick and ryan just seems bored most of the time at first i was like no okay they, this is the only couple that can make it he, but he seems bored and she's really smitten which is kind of cute and you know they're trying their dogs literally are like a tiny and big version of each other i'm like all right this can this could work but then guess what girl what in the previews coming up Uh-oh. brett says my friend said i s- said they saw you on a dating site like currently obviously Oh, so he out here clickbaiting? Basically. I can't with these married ass men. He's only been in his marriage for two weeks at this point. Well, from now in the show where it is right now, two weeks. But they're only this whole experiment. This whole show is only eight weeks. Literally well, two let's, months. Let's, let's give married? him a little bit of a doubt. And no, 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 no. Before you get on this show and you know that you're going to be married, you get off all that shit. You stop talking to whoever you're talking to, but you can't forget about having a dating site and you was married. No. I mean, look, I'm on so many dating apps that sometimes I forget which one I'm on. 
You trying to, all right, okay, you trying to give them benefits out. But. I am because I'm so sick and tired of these trash ass men. Like, everybody cannot be trash like this. I, I can't. Like, that, that's that's what I said. Everybody can't be trash, but unfortunately, more than half are. Damn. But all damn, I'm saying damn, is, damn. Is, I, you are losing our credibility because these couples are a mess like none of these people are gonna make it so what is the point and you know we talk so much shit about chris and how he jacked up Paige last season but honestly i kind of miss that toxicity <laughs> is that wrong like can chris and Paige just come back just to like i don't know argue like, can y'all give us a toxic ass update on how you actually tried to date outside of the show but Chris is still out here being an F boy and had another fake pregnancy. Yeah, because this this season just ain't it. And I'm like, what is the world? But we're going to move on to love and hip hop. They have two of them out right now. I have not been watching Atlanta. So tell me what's been going on with Erica and Safari. So pretty much the only reason why I watch Atlanta is to get all the mess mess on the Erica Mena Safari relationship divorces. They have a whole bunch of new people on there. I don't know who they are. I don't know what they do. And frankly, I don't care. You got the whole Yandy and Mendici storyline. Just get that out the way. They apparently getting married, but she still ain't signing no papers because she's not trying to be on the hook for his restitution coming out of prison, which I get it. Because she's smart. Yeah, because she's smart, smart. I get it. I get it. Also, you have Rashida and Kirk out here doing the things, opening the businesses. They kids out here acting a hot mess, potentially ruining the businesses as kids do. Young Jack is having a whole little family situation with his son. It's actually not looking good. It's very volatile, his relationship with his son at the moment. And I am hoping that for his sake, they're able to come together and work it out because I don't like seeing that. Bambi and a little scrappy might be getting divorced. Don't nobody know. They weird. But now on to what we came here for. Erica Men and Safari. So last season we saw them all in their lovey doveys. They're getting married. They had this whole princess fairy tale wedding. Um, she was pregnant with their first child together. They had that cute little baby Sapphire. But apparently, you know, he done been a father. He had the baby. He's in this marriage and he's like, this is a lot of work. Like, it's not fun. I'm just sitting there like, yes, marriage and fatherhood are typically not all roses and butterflies all the time. Um, and the fact that your own mother has to come on national television and gather you and basically tell you how you're being stubborn, hard-headed, and not the man she raised is not a good look for you. She told you to treat your wife like an empress, and you're out here treating her like she's the gum that you scrape off of the bottom of your shoe. Erica now, is she finds out she's pregnant. He gets all pissy because he's like, we're not even gelling like that. How could this have happened? Well, because y'all married and you're still doing the marital things. That's how that could have happened. But he's just not acting right. See other friend threw them a baby shower. He came to the baby shower. He left girl. He left her at her own baby shower to go to Miami, which was a trip that they were supposed to take as a family. And he told her to cancel her flight because he needed time away from her. Your pregnant wife of almost six months pregnancy. Yeah. You know, it's really hard to like watch the show and see how it all played out because we've been seeing current like what's happening right now via social media because all the blogs are covering 
you know, the baby, the son that basically you talked about, she found that she was pregnant. The son was born prematurely, had a lot of health issues. They are going through a nasty public divorce, just taking jabs at each other left and right. It's all too messy. And I'm like, Safari, this is exactly what you said you wanted. You said you wanted a wife. You have that. You said you wanted a family. You now have two kids. So now you're doing nothing to keep everything you said you wanted. Yeah. And the worst part for me is that you see Erica going through all of these things and you could tell she's really trying and she's fighting for her marriage. But when you have a person that's not willing to meet you halfway in this union, you're gonna end up like that's gonna mess with your mental it's gonna mess with your emotional she's also pregnant so we're seeing what toll this is taking on her physically she actually ends up in the hospital she's two centimeters dilated and it's way too soon for her to give birth and this also happens just a few days after someone broke into her home that she was in by herself pregnant with the baby because safari was out in miami out in the clubs getting all types of wild and gyrating on women with trig daddy like it's a mess it's hard it's just really heartbreaking and i i hate to see it yeah i hate to see it and this is a classic example of you can't just do anything for money because this is literally like you're showing and opening everyone into your toxic household. But you know what? If it's this toxic, y'all don't need to be together. Make sure you be your good parents to those kids and stay away from each other, please. We're going to move on to Miami, which just came back. We have newcomers, Noriega and his wife, Neri. And we have Ace Hood and his wife. Ace Hood is a rapper from like back in the day. And we have this new chick, Florence Eluche. She's not exactly new, but she's new to me. Apparently, she's a Haitian artist. She's a the compon, the rapping. These are big people in Miami. And they're joined by Miami Love and Hip Hop regulars, Trina, Trick Daddy, Amara La Negra, and Sukiana. And as you know, over the time that we were off, no, actually, we, we might have talked about this. Trick Daddy talked about how Beyonce wasn't all that hot. We actually see that in this season somewhere. And we see Trick Daddy on noriega's podcast talking about some booty activities no one i mean no body asked for this information we did not need to know like he's out here talking about how women like to play with his booty hole and i'm just like sir sir why someone where is dorinda clip like this is when we need dorinda the thing is, it's just visual. Like, I wanted to scratch my own eyes out. Just they, like that thought. Nobody needed that thought in their mind. You minds. can't scratch so like, your eyes oh. out because it lives rent free in your brain now. Oh, I, don't, I didn't want it. I didn't ask for it. Please get out. No, Evic. We see uh, Nori and his wife. The wife is trying to start a business. Like, okay, that's cool. Like, I, I don't mind seeing him on the show. That's that's whatever. He does need to get a license, though. Got his wife being his Uber driver. And Trina's all in love. She might want to, you know, think about having a baby, which is cute with her boyfriend of a couple of years. Trick Daddy is, is doing what he does and starting mess. Amara is back and forth to DR. She's more into real estate now because she's like, you know what? The music industry has not been so great to me. And she gets into real estate and ended up finding a man too. This man lives in DR though, has a kid there. 
and she's conflicted if she wants to come back. Yeah, she's over here all lovey-dovey, all with the PDA, kissing up on this man, all mm, right in front of her mama, who is not here for the relationship, girl. She is not about it. The faces that she was making while Amada was all hugged up by her boo, I was just like, damn, But to mama. be fair, she's doing too much in front of her mom. She They she were full on making out in front of her mother. She and is. I'm like, I didn't like that. You could do I- a peck and like, this is too much for TV because you know you should not be doing that from your mom and i feel like i get where her mom is coming from her mom is like i struggled so much in dr and i did a lot to get you to america and now you want to move here because of this man but i'm just like ma you gotta let her live her own life and she could also just be by coastal i'm like why y'all acting like she can't live in two places or more right and Miami and DR is basically across the street from each other. So it's what? not even like it's it's not even like it's uh, a far way to go. Uh, but what I will say is that, you know, Amada's boyfriend, he looked cute or whatever, but he definitely giving me fuckboy vibes. I said it like, come on, you mean you wouldn't try to get at him if you seen him when you was just in DR the other day? No, I would not because I know the type. My radar is on point. I do not. Mm-mm. Okay. All right. Sure. But moving on, Sukiana still nasty Sukiana, and she is in love. She is engaged. She wants to have more kids. And now her mama, who looks quite young, I might add, is her manager. And the mama's not here for... Well, she's here for the relationship. She's just not here for having a baby right away. But the thing is, you know, this was filmed a couple months ago. As of now, I don't think they're together. She's not following him. He's not following her. So I need to see if this breakup or whatever is going on plays out oh, damn. on the show. Florence Elucci, it was so nice to see, you know, a Haitian woman repping Haiti. She's doing the damn thing in Miami and little Haiti in Miami. She also has a beauty bar she's opening up. She has a restaurant. She does all the things. And she is married for almost 15 years with three sons. I was like, yes, yes, clapping it all up. And then come to find out her husband is a little known nasty cheater. He's cheated before. He's apparently currently cheating, which her sister tells her about. And I'm like, why, why, why? Why? Why must this always be the fucking narrative? Or where are the good men out there? Where have all the good men gone? And where are all the gods? If you're not happy in the relationship you're in, leave. End that shit before you go and cheat. Don't think it's okay to have your main chick and several side. And you are on TV. That's the part I don't get. I was like... And not just any TV, you are on Mona Scott Young's TV, which means whatever bullshit you think you're doing in the dark, honey boo boo child, uh, Mona Scott Young gonna come with a, a flashlight all up in your booty hole and air that shit out. Like, but it wasn't even done in the dark. Like, it was the, the episode that she premiered on, which is probably like the third episode. She talks about, like, it starts off showing her family. It's all good. It's all great. And then basically towards the end of the episode, her own sister says, yeah, he cheated with my girl the other day. What? Literally the other day. And then Florence Aluche talks about, yeah, you know, he had girls in Haiti in the past. And I'm like, this is still the first episode that we're getting to know, that I'm getting to know you in. And then all of this happened. I was so happy to see like a nice, happy, married family unit. And I was like, where's the hope? Because this ain't it. What real happy union have we seen on these shows? Name one, like a, a real one. 
Well, so far, okay, so so far in Miami, Ace Hood and his wife. Okay, yes, yes. They're recently married. They have just experienced a miscarriage. So that is kind of like what they're talking about. And she suffers from like some some bad anxiety in the past. And she's kind of still going through that, especially with what she just went through. So, I mean, I, I see her trying to explain to him and I see him trying to be there for her. You know, these are heavy topics, but at least he's not out here cheating or hopefully not yet. Like, I don't even know what to think anymore. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm afraid to even put that out in the universe because then yeah. like a week or two from now, I'm be like, oh, he got 10 baby mamas. Yeah, exactly. In another episode, they might be like, well, this happened and we got through it. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Because really, though, like almost all the people on these shows, either they start out the show together or they broke up or they divorced or somebody cheated and they got over it. Like literally. Cause even Rashida and Kirk, they're the ones that have been married the longest and <laughs> hot mess, hot mess, hot ass mess. I mean, even had a whole baby. It wasn't a break baby. Cause they was together. Exactly. They have uh, office I'm, operation. <laughs> I'm just like love and hip hop. I mean, it's the mess that we like, but like, I don't like to see that type of mess. I want to see you arguing over something stupid, but not all this cheating and bringing in kids into like non-relationships and then leaving marriages and just, I don't understand because they put so much work into these weddings that we see on the show and the weddings don't even last. That Erica Safari wedding was beautiful. It was beautiful. Expensive. Expensive. Let's it was expensive and beautiful, but they've been married for less than two years and now they are going so hard on the divorce. And I'm like, child, I can't. I mean, listen, we still watching the show, so I know, I know. We're, we're, another, we're here we're for it. Making them relevant, making them money, but this fuck boy shit has to stop. And moving right on to oh, fuck boy island. Yep. Now, I, could, I couldn't I could handle it. I couldn't stomach it. After the fourth episode, I was like, this is dumb. But you tell me what, what ended up happening. So, you know, me and my toxic ass, um, once I start watching a show, I'm going to keep watching it no matter how terrible it is. Thank you, Tyler Perry sisters. But Fuckboy Island, okay. So the whole premise of the show for me, it was nice at first because we were under the impression that, okay, throughout the course of the show, ultimately at the end, the whole point is to be able to figure out who the nice guys are and who the F boys are. But then halfway through the show, all of the boys end up revealing their statuses as either an F boy or a nice guy. And at this point, they still have not revealed how the money component comes into this particular aspect, right? So the episode after you stop watching where they revealed all their statuses, girl, it turned into a hot ass mess because now these women know that these men are F boys and yet they continue to pursue them thinking that, oh, well, he's an F boy, but I'm not entirely sure if he's here for me or not. I'm just going to fast forward to the end of the show. So at the end, they're each left with two choices and they have to decide whether or not I'm going to stay with this dude or this dude. The one girl, CJ, she ends up choosing uh, new Jared over her on and off again flame Casey because she realized that's that's where it is. That's where the money reside. So basically, if you choose the if the girl chooses the nice guy, they each split the 100K down the middle. So she gets 50K and he gets 50K. If she chooses the F boy, the F boy decides whether or not they get to split the money and be together 
or he gonna take the money and run. That's fucked up. And I wish that they would have said this in the beginning, which I thought was really messed up because I go, okay. But they literally tell them that like two seconds before they decide who they're going to say with. So the white girl, she ends up choosing the F boy girl. Oh, he was never into her. He was never, never into her. Never he into her. The shit he was saying in his confessionals. Yeah, he's been he saying- was never into her. And the thing that pissed me off was the fact that she was choosing between this certified F boy who said he was an F boy. They found a whole girlfriend on social media. They tried to expose. Oh, they had this one episode where they did a deep dive on their social medias to try and figure out who was doing what and when. So she had her choice between this really fine ass, just really good chocolate man who was about everything he said. Like he was intentional in all of the conversations that he had together. So he was the nice guy? Yes, he was the nice guy. Like the, she had a choice, not the F boy that she ended up choosing. There was another guy. um, And honestly, I forget their names because it was so long ago. And that show made no damn sense that I put it out my mind. But the good guy that she could have had, like he was an actual genuine good guy. Like there were no red flags about him whatsoever. So, of course, this dummy goes and chooses the F boy and the F boy starts off saying all these really nice things, has this really nice speech about how, yeah, I came here 100 percent F boy, but I feel like now I'm 60 percent F boy. But at the end of the day, I'm still more F boy than nice guy. So I'm taking the money and I'm running. Well, Everybody saw that one coming. Well, you you know what this show proves? It proves that even though we know somebody's not for us or they ain't shit, we just can't help we can't it. Let them go. And I was so and mad. Like, but, oh, what? but he looks so good or he's telling me the things I want to hear. But I know he's trash. But you know what? I got to give it a try. And we going to end up getting played. But at the I end can change him. I feel like he's done the work to be able to be a good guy. Like, no. Once you see them red flags, stop trying to bump them red flags out the way. And just, you know, go with your gut. Go with your brain parts. And then no, Nakia, the brain parts don't work. When you see red Red run. The red flag means run. Bitch, like run. red means stop what you're doing. Turn around and never speak to this person again. Like, come on. Green means go. Red means stop. Like, just stop it. And then Nakia ends up going with the F boy. This whole Nakia situation really pissed me off. So the F boy that she chose, old Jared, actually ended up picking her. So they split the money together. But the thing that annoyed me was that he kept going so back and forth on the things that he said that he wanted. Like in one episode, he said that he loved her. But then that was the episode where he revealed that he was an F boy. So now I'm just like, you know, this is what F boys do. They uh, they love bomb. They gaslight. They tell you all the sweet nothings that you want to hear. And then when you call them out on their bullshit saying, but you said X, Y, and Z, they'll be like, but that's not what I meant. Like, and he's that type of person. So hopefully I'm hoping that it worked out, but at at least she got some money out of it. Unlike the other girl. So at least they got money, but I'm definitely 1000% sure they're not together now. Like, please. Oh, yeah, for sure. But what I will say is that the show had a nice little twist at the end 
for the F boy who took the money. Apparently he don't get the money. The money, because of the fact that he's an F boy, and I guess the show is trying to teach a lesson on how you should treat women better or just be a better person and not a garbage human being, goes to a charity of the girl's choosing. And they don't tell you that until the very end. end, end. So he left with nothing. No girl, no money. Oh, I like that. That is actually a good twist on the twist that they had given. I did like that. I go, okay, okay, y'all redeemed yourselves on that one. Because when, and you should have seen his face when um, Nikki, the host, was saying, yeah, so this 100K is going somewhere, but it's going to a charity of the girls choosing, not yours. That That is good, but the whole premise of the show, there does not need to be a revival of the show. No, that not at all. I'm not here for a season two. If a season two is coming, y'all need to cancel that shit right now and give us something else of another better show yeah so the moral of the story is watch out for the f boys although we may fall for it anyway all right now it's time for it be your own people moments you know when something happens out there in the hemisphere and the world and it's just a little crazy like damn it really be your own people let us know send us an email and sally something happened the other day when you was catching your flight going off to dr get your little son tan on and your drink drinks on for a wedding what happened, girl? First of all, big up congratulations to the new Mr. and Mrs. Younger. Love y'all. It was a beautiful wedding. Y'all, y'all is beautiful. Your family is beautiful. What is not beautiful is motherfucking Delta out here trying to play the Caribbean islands. So I was in the wedding and I was actually responsible enough to get my flight going there with enough time where the flight itself was actually pretty cheap. And because I'm a Delta Sky Miles member, I got an opportunity to upgrade to first class for a relatively low price. And I took advantage of it because I go, oh, you know what? It's a vacation. I'm living in love. Let me do the first class. I can get in the lounge. You know, I like some champs. Sip, sip. Great. But also you just about that first class life girl you don't need an excuse treat yourself that's right and that part too i work hard i work hard for the money so i deserve to get all the ting tings i get in i get to the airport i go through sky priority which was great by the way passing all them all them people in line for the tsa i just went right on it it was amazing so i get up to the delta sky lounge i'm like oh it smells real nice in here it's real clean it was a great atmosphere they had these two guys behind the counter and they were fine so i go oh, okay so we get in some eye candy with the delta sky lounge you just I, living the life girl I was. At then this, what happened at this one i was living all the lives i tanned my ticket they swipe me and they go oh i'm sorry do you have an american express and i go no and they said, oh, well, the Sky Lounge is not available uh, to first class ticket holders flying to the Caribbean islands. See, that don't even make no damn type of sense. Why should you then need to have an American Express card in order to enter the Sky Lounge that you already bought, you know, entryway to? Explícame, because I don't get it, especially because I'm sitting there and I go, OK, if I were flying to Atlanta, Georgia on a first class ticket, I would be able to use the Sky Lounge. But if I'm flying to Dominican Republic, which is a whole hour longer, at least than I was to fly in the state, I can't use the lounge. You can't use the lounge unless you have an American Express. See, I'm right. not understand what the card and the Caribbean islands have to do with any of this. So like, I know that the American Express card is linked to uh, people that fly Delta all the time. So if you use the American Express card through Delta, it doubles your points for the miles. I get that, whatever. But there are other places that you can fly to where you do not need the American Express card to use the lounge. 
I understand that, but you needed that card in order to get into the lounge that day for the Caribbean. Like, you're making it seem that y'all think that the Caribbean islands is lesser than all these other motherfucking places that get to use the lounge. I just wanted the good air. No, you wanted all the perks, which is why you pay for it. It's like, if you have the money, you pay for the things that you want. You can't then say, oh, well, here's an extra criteria. Just because you go into this certain place, you pay for what you pay for, you should have gotten it. So Delta, what's up? And then don't get me started on the two drink maximum that they give out now on these aircrafts. Yeah. And like they should not be trying to limit your drinking. You's going to a wedding. You's going on vacation. You're having a good old time, girl. And y'all already barred me from the Sky Lounge, so I couldn't get my drink on in the Sky Lounge. You're cutting my drinks off when I'm up in the air. Like, what is going on? Like, it was the worst first class experience of my life. And honestly, there was no difference between that and flying regular. Make it make sense. Make it make sense. If you want to hit us up to say hey or let us know about any It Be Your Own People moments, send us an email at ibyoppodcast at gmail.com. Hey, y'all. Don't forget to like and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Podcast. And that's all we have for you today on It Be Your Own People. Stay woke, stay alert, and tune in next time.